0: So you take your GSI and your vacancy rate from that, and then what you end up with is your GOI. And after you look at your GOI and your operating expenses, you end up with your NOI. And then you end up, after that, being able to calculate your cash-on-cash return. You, You got all that right. Well, let's take it one step at a time. What is GSI when you're talking about income property? Gross scheduled income well what's that that's just the rent now on big gigantic apartments that it's not just the tenant renting income it could be well you get income from parking and you get income from a garage and a carport differently you have laundry see what i'm saying and you might have rec rooms that you're they can rent for their wedding reception things like that but we're just talking one to four units. So gross scheduled income is what's the rent scheduled for the year if everything went according to what the Lord did to bless you. Okay? So gross scheduled income, let's say in a particular case, is $33,000. Well, now you have a vacancy factor. Well, what are vacancy factors? It's not just did the tenant move out. It's, what's the percentage of income that you lose while they're out? And what people never add to the vacancy factor is that the real phrase for professionals is vacancy and credit losses. Because sometimes people don't pay. So, for instance, in San Diego for years, the only vacancy rate was a courtesy rate. Because it was really how long it took your cleaning crew to get it ready for the next person who was impatiently uh, parked next to their idling moving van, waiting for you to finish. Then you have horrible times when a vacancy rate is double digits 10, 15, 20%. You know, hello Detroit. Sorry guys. So let's take a place in Texas like Austin. Depending where you go and who you're talking to, you're just north or south of 4%. So for every $100 of gross scheduled income, GSI, right off the top you're going to lose 4 bucks. Vacancy factor. You have some credit loss in there, maybe because somebody didn't pay. I, I don't care what it is. If it's, if it's under 5%, I never lose use less than a 5% vacancy factor. So, if we have rent of, let's use 35 instead of 33, I'd do it in my head better. So, you have 5%, that's $1,750 a year, right off the top. That's just going to be like steam in the air, gone. So, what we call that is gross operating income, GOI. Most people never heard of that one because most people don't use it. I hardly ever use it, but it's something to know because you want to know ultimately how do you get to your NOI, which is Net Operating Income, and it starts with GSI and goes to GOI. So you got gross scheduled income minus your vacancy and credit loss, which equals your gross operating income, and from that you take away your operating expenses. Now, so let's start, you've got 35,000 a year. That's your gross budget. First thing off the top, you got vacancy and credit loss. So now you're only working with 95%, 95 cent dollars, okay? Now from that, you've got real estate taxes, real estate insurance. Uh, if, if you don't live where it is, or even if you do, it doesn't say "manager on your forehead. You're hiring a, a property manager who's a professional. Now, that's normally going to cost you eight, nine, 10 percent. In a market like in Texas where the demand is high for quality management professionally, it's probably going to be closer to 10 than eight. Now, my clients in Texas, because we command a lot of doors and we have that authority with us. Our guys only pay five to seven percent. but if you're buying in your local market, you want to budget eight to ten. and by the way, if the, if the better manager is charging 10, trust me, pick him over the guy that's eight and not as good in your eyes. Now, you're paying whatever you are for management, that's an expense. You're paying your real estate taxes, of course, and of course you've insured it for fire and liability. Oh, and by the way, when you have insurance, don't forget to ask the guy about something we call insurance against lost rent because there's nothing like getting that paid back in certain circumstances. So now you have those three expenses. Then you have maintenance and repairs. How old is your property? The older the property, the bigger that expense is going to be. Now, the properties I put my clients in with rare exceptions, most of the time when they buy them, they're not even finished. They they aspire to be brand new, okay? So you start out, and even though I use 5%, which is another $17.50 for repairs and maintenance, what's the chances of you having that? Very low, because it's brand new. Not to mention, the builder is usually going to be on the hook for the first year. You should have a buyer's warranty, which is going to be one-year expense there, and they'll pay for a lot of things that could go wrong. So even though I want you to use 5% you know, on a new property, or even say something five years or younger, you're probably not going to have that. But now you've, you just keep going down the line. You've, you're going to have maybe some advertising right? Different places have different expenses. Maybe you have to pay for the water. Now my clients don't pay for water. They don't pay for trash. You might have to. Maybe you bought a fourplex that has one gigantic water heater for all four. Well you're gonna have to pay for that because it's not separately metered. Is the water separately metered? I don't know. So your expenses will go higher or lower based on those factors. Now what I generally find in Texas, and it's completely different than my, all of my decades of, of buying, selling, and exchanging in San Diego, is that the San Diego properties, if they were under 30, they were just broken in. Where in Texas, like I said, they're brand new. Now when, we're, when we do stuff in Boise, they go anywhere from one or two or three years old on up to 20 or 30 years old. We don't get a lot older than that. In San Diego, it's not uncommon at all, uh, uncommon to find 50 year old property. A buddy of mine bought a, a property built in 1895 one time. The pipe leading from the street to the property was made of clay, literally, which you didn't find out till it broke. So, now you know what GSI is, gross scheduled income. We discussed vacancy factors, which is almost self-explanatory. Then you have other expenses we haven't talked about. You get a vacancy. Are you cleaning it yourself or are you going to hire a company to clean it up? Tenants always say they clean it up. There's always something. Don't buy into that. Okay? You have to pay for that. Maybe there's a couple of repairs. Maybe you're going to take that moment in time to do some maintenance that's easier done, empty, than occupied by a tenant. So you have to keep that all in perspective. Usually on a newer or younger place, if you add vacancy and operating expenses together, I tell people I usually end up with 35 to 40% depending on the age. If you have a poor location, expect that to go higher. If not right away, it'll happen. It's just when it's gonna happen, not if. On the other hand, if you wanna know the quick way an experienced professional arrives at NOI, which is now your net operating income. What does that really mean? The net operating income is the exact same thing as saying cash flow if you don't have a loan on the property so if you didn't buy the property and you had a $35,000 GSI gross scheduled income and your your net uh, uh, operating income was $21,000 that was your cash flow but what if you had a loan on there what if you paid say uh dollars 330 300 for the property Call it 300. You paid 300 and you borrowed 210. Now, what you have is what we call debt service. And your debt service might cost you $14,000, dollars whatever it is, depending on the interest rate, per year. Well, if it's $15,000 a year and you have $21,000 NOI, your cash flow is now $6,000. So your NOI isn't your cash flow, unless you don't have any, any loans on the property. So now you have, you have a $21,000 NOI, you have a $15,000 loan payment, you have $6,000 cash flow. Now here's a practical tip. A lot of people have heard of another acronym called PITI. That has to do with their loan. And it's PITI stands for Principal Interest taxes, and insurance, because the lenders, more often than not, will will try to guide you into including the real estate taxes and fire and liability insurance payments inside your loan payment in addition to it. Well, a lot of people will say, okay, I made the budget, and I have a $21,000 NOI, and my payment is, wait a minute. It shows I have no cash flow. That's because you counted taxes and insurance twice. Once in your budget, because you included taxes and insurance in your expense budget on the spreadsheet, and then you counted it again with a loan. You should have only counted principal and interest payment. So your cash flow is the difference between your NOI, your net operating income, which is just your gross scheduled income minus vacancies and credit losses minus all operating expenses. And then you have cash flow, hopefully. So GSI minus vacancies minus operating expenses equals net operating income, NOI, which equals cash flow. That's where we'll keep it.